Okay. <laughs> you got some? As soon as I press record. Yeah, I know. Are you ready? Yeah. Ba -da -ba -ba -dum. If, if you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or are you looking for sexual harmony? Ba -ba -ba -ba. Now, now there's, there's nothing that you can't ask on the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Yay! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um... If, Do you want uh, to explain that? If you are... Uh, oh, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year! If you are uh, familiar with Sex and Relationship Advice podcast, you might be aware of Dan Savage's brilliant podcast. And uh, so this week we have like a backlog of questions. We do. MJ. We have a backlog, a veritable backlog. We have, well, we have quite a few more, but we're going to try and do three. Yeah. And we're going to try and do three in one episode. Three in one. And we might do three in one next time as well if it works well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, um, and that's kind of like what Dan does. So we're going to yeah. try and answer questions, but a bit more yeah. succinctly. So it's like an homage to Dan. An homage. An homage. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, uh, Dan. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yes. Yeah, sorry. And we had to sing and everything. That yeah, was, you know, that, that was a whole oh, thing. I'm not going to guarantee we'll do it again. No, I thought it'd be fun once, once, just the once. Yeah, yeah, and then next week we'll go back to the yeah tuning into each other in our own theme. Yeah, we do a, our third handshake intro, don't we? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this first question is yes, uh, a really good question. It's awesome. So yeah. Shall I? I'll read this one out. So, go for it. Uh, I feel really awkward and uncomfortable and weird about sex and although I'd like to talk about it with some of my closest people it's really hard to start those conversations do you have suggestions for working out who is safe to talk to about sex and sexuality and how to start having those conversations not just with people I want to have sex with mm -hmm. yeah and we thought that was a really good question thank it's you it's excellent thank excellent you question. yeah um, and also that is kind of a difficult thing to do isn't it it is it's a real challenge you know and I think yeah both both the challenge with people you do want to have sex with to talk about it it's yeah. you know difficult and then yeah like I think it's a really good idea to be having that wider conversation about sex and sexuality with other you know because it can take a lot of pressure off it can normalize things it can give you really good advice advice and ideas but like super super difficult to start and and like they say super difficult always to know who who are the people to have that conversation with Exactly. And the, I mean, I think one of the things that people find just difficult is that because people aren't really used to talking about sex, a lot of people kind of think, I guess, have an anxiety that it's going to start being a sexual conversation for them. That, mm. you know, for a lot of people, talking about sex can actually be quite sexy and is like a, mm. it is a, you know, when we ask the question, what is sex now? But certainly talking about sex can be quite sexy for us people. Yeah, in fact, it to a sexy place. Right. And we, in fact, we encourage people to start to think about talking about sex as one possible form of sex they could have and yeah. quite a, and quite a good one because it can, be it's, hot. it can be really hot and it can also be, you know, kind of safer than actually doing something together. So, yeah. so yeah, where's that line? Like if you want to actually talk about sex with friends and people that you don't necessarily want to commit to ever doing anything with yeah. like how do you have that conversation exactly mm -hmm. um, and we'll keep asking more questions because uh, you know it is hard so <laughs> in, uh, so the other thing as well is, is that we particularly in the UK uh, many of us have had bad experiences of or very little relationships and sex education so yeah. often we just don't have like the vocabulary to talk about talking about these things even mm -hmm. like um, if I if if we were doing like a, a workshop which we do do with people yeah um, then we start off with a group agreement so yeah. you know, and everyone kind of will understand then that that space that we are in is a space where we can talk 
about right. sex, but not necessarily. Uh, you know, we might say something like, "We might we're not going to ask anyone to talk about their personal experiences," for example. Yes. Or we say that um, we try to say that you know we wouldn't want people laughing at other people's experiences mm. and to be respectful of different um, mm. people's experiences and that everybody's bringing their own identities and background and yeah so we put a framework around the conversation that makes it clear what the conversation is and what it isn't yeah um and that makes it safe enough then to have that conversation without any danger of it being becoming sex for people yeah yeah i mean Mm. that's that's the thing if Mm. anyone uh, listening to our podcast does do sex and relationships education or runs training workshops you'll know that this is best practice it's what you do yeah and it helps people to talk about um talk about sex but also sex sexuality gender relationships mm. in this kind of um, in that kind of way mm. and I think that's the other thing as well in terms of talking about sex is that if you another kind of tip from sex and relationships education is to that you don't have to talk about your own experiences that you can talk about other things you could talk about it more widely more yeah widely. use other jumping off points to talk about it yeah so i guess it's like meta communication is what we're yeah. talking about here so in a way like treating that in that one-to-one conversation a bit like how we might treat a workshop yeah of like let's first of all have that framework conversation yeah about what it is we're doing here and that makes it hopefully safe enough to then have the conversation or to choose not to so that it taps into the first part of the question too you know maybe having the meta conversation can be a useful way of gauging like is this person a safe enough person to have the conversation with do they get it yeah um so you like open up a conversation about maybe having a conversation about sex and sexuality yeah I think then after a time there might there might be some individuals that once you've done that kind of work with them or have those experiences with them you might have a, a better understanding about who are the people to be having those conversations with and who aren't I certainly have that oh yeah but it's also mm. about kind of bearing in mind that some people just don't want to talk about it and so yes. they shouldn't feel that they have to often yeah I think with my experience because I've been a sex educator for uh what, nine, I'm in my 19th year of sex education now yeah. I'm often kind of talking about sex and sometimes I have to remind myself to yeah. pull back because not everyone is so comfortable <laughs> yeah, right and absolutely in like, and I talk about it in such a matter of fact mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. that it's not a sexual conversation for me but sometimes I have to remember that it might that be for another person like the first yeah. time they've actually used those words in a conversation or something exactly. could, feel, could feel quite either challenging or a little bit horny and that could feel really uncomfortable exactly yeah. mm-hmm. so it's a consent issue at the end of the day as well it's about um mm. it's it's that it's just remembering that a lot of people are also going to feel uncomfortable about talking about sex and that that might not be yeah for them too but so it's the meta conversation there as you're saying and jay is here's the, mm. the way to make that more consensual right yeah and i suppose what you know if you were like actually i really want to have some conversations about this you know if it's that you actually don't mind too much who those are with mm. then it could be worth seeking out people who are you know specifically engaged in that conversation so like you know if you're if you're of a particular sexuality if you're say lgb mm-hmm. or if you're kinky or something mm-hmm. then there are definitely lots of spaces online and offline totally. where people are having you know that they, they want to geek out about sex and sexuality and yeah. have and you know be in a support group perhaps for people who are struggling with some aspect of it absolutely um so that would be one place to think about going and if um, you're wanting to talk about sex generally there are how lots of people on twitter who mm-hmm. are talking about sex uh, and people who I guess there's people have conversations about sex with, I guess, with themselves and also with 
with writers who write blogs, right? So yeah. I know that when Girl on the Net writes a piece, uh, she has an awful lot of people who write comments. Yeah, I've seen that. And she gets some brilliant stuff really sometimes. Good comments. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then people kind of have a conversations on those comments with each other. That. And so yeah. she's created a space, like facilitating a space for people to talk about yeah. sex in that way. Can we just say how much we love Girl on the Net? Yeah, she's great. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, and that is, it's like another aspect of her work is to create this great space for people to anonymously have those conversations, which is one way you might want to do it if it feels a bit scary. Yeah. You can find your way with it by yeah by bit by having it under a pseudonym online definitely yeah and I, I certainly know that people um create twitter accounts that are like private and locked down but yeah. they say they have in their bios you know that their interests are talking about sex yes and so if they can find like-minded people on twitter who are like say fans of the same person yeah it's a space where they could do that and we then could, we could do that space couldn't we hmm just thought about not volunteering us to do that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's something that we could do. Like mm. we could have like a a hashtag or something. Yeah, people, for people to have a conversation. I mean it's yeah. more work though, isn't it? Well yes. We've got to gotta be careful what we can offer. You know, right. this is this is gonna be another theme through the episode of like, you know, figuring out what you can and can't offer, where your limits are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, I feel like that could be really helpful, you know, because the person says they feel awkward, uncomfortable mm. and weird about it, might be a good safe enough place to start doing it. Or, you know, if you think actually if you're someone where actually it is your closest people who feel mm. the most comfortable, um, can you find ways of having the conversation with them that feel the least threatening? Uh, for example, again online or in some kind of written form for some people can feel yeah. a lot safer than in person or you know other way around some people it is in person that feels but you know maybe you have that meta conversation online of just like bringing it up um yeah like again interesting with new year people come come up with these like i had a friend of mine whose new year resolution was to like have more cups of tea with people yeah. and started engaging just a few friends in a meta conversation about whether they'd be one of the people who'd be up for you know meeting for a cup of tea every now and then so it's a similar sort of thing you could say oh you know for the new year i really really want to start talking about sex and sexuality a bit more because i'm struggling a bit with figuring mine out and just trying to find you know who might be interested in those conversations who maybe could do with talking about it in relation to their stuff as well that's a really great idea you know some people are going to say you know i'm not quite there yet you know myself or something but some people might come back and say oh my god that would be yeah i'd really appreciate that and a good place for this person to start if they wanted to actually talk to other people or even if they weren't at the point of talking to other people but kind of wanted to talk to themselves about this like uh Mm what's the term intrapsychically oh yeah uh, if, if you're wanting to do some like self-reflection work yeah. before you talk to other people which is like having a conversation with yourself yeah our book enjoy sex however and if you want to yes um and our zine uh, how our to zine. make your own sex manual yeah i think that'd be useful mm. places to start yeah certainly um thinking about what it is that you learn about sex and where you learn about sex yeah. and what it is you're taught about sex and mm. how you made to feel after you learn Right. from that you know a lot of people's early sex and relationships education was kind of traumatic you know, yeah difficult so that might be some stuff to reflect on as well really and then good. you yeah. can start having those conversations with other people you can even have a book group yeah well that's another good way isn't it because we were saying like how do you stop it you know straying into feeling like too much information or something yeah. you know actually discussing yeah a book about it might be a good way to keep it on a safer territory yeah um again with a group of people and putting out there like we want to have a discussion group about matters of sex and sexuality and maybe gender and relationships as well yeah you know could be like you read a different book each time or could be like you work your way through one book like 
for example, our book. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds like great. And I mean, I suppose the other thing is professionals. You know, it can be that a coach or a counsellor or somebody in that kind of role yeah. is a good person to have that kind of conversation with because you know they're a professional and they're trained especially if they're trained in the area of sex therapy or sex coaching or something that as a service we both offer it is indeed yes Um, so thank you for that question yeah fabulous question Uh, so the next question yes moving moving on to the next question (laughs) this is uh it's racy yeah it's like it's a bit bit fast paced for us right (laughs) yeah 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 Um, well we've got two questions haven't we that have some similar themes but also some real differences but they're both a bit around the area of discrepancies in sex drive in a couple yeah and they were both really long so we're having to really like super cut down the question question. yeah if you do have a question for us dear listener we love your questions Mm -hmm. but please could you yeah keep it to or like if you want to give the longer version but you know it'd be really useful to have a a little paragraph that we can read out that captures the the nub of it yeah that'd that'd be be great great. and if you wanted to uh, or if you wanted to send in uh, an audio if you're reading it a question we can insert that and that would sound just like Dan's uh, oh is that what Dan does yeah 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 yeah. people bringing in recording them so different different voices feel free to do that but Dan starts with this big old rant that's the bit that I heard the last time I was listening yeah, to yeah yeah. yeah yeah like something to do with politics or, mm. um, or so often politics but politics related to sex relationships gender mm. and sexuality as well and yeah uh, nice it's nice to mix it up yeah, yeah it's, cool. it's good yeah, yeah. Um, so we kind of start with like a shambolic theme tune that we, we do and usually I try and crack you up and then we deal with that for some minutes and then yeah, yeah then we get on with it <laughs> that's right I think that's a good en- entry, entry I think point. we all have to have our own voice in the world don't we, we do you know yeah. we're wanting to do something very different yes <laughs> um, uh, so uh can you do this question? Yeah, I'll try and summarise it. Yeah, so, if you could. Um, both the questions are from uh, people are, are from women, um, both of whom are in relationships with men currently. Um, and this one is uh, by a woman in a monogamous relationship, um, and she has a very high sex drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finds that in relationships, often after a year or so, she finds that she wants more sex than her partner. Mm. Uh, this current one is a bit of a long distance relationship as well, mm. um, and she says it's currently a very happy relationship, but the partner's not really okay with any kind of non-monogamy mm. um, she doesn't want to pressure him into having more sex than he wants because really doesn't want to get in a, a situation where he's having unwanted sex with her mm. but she does know that she definitely wants more sex than she's getting mm. um, and there seems to there's a bit of a power dynamic in that she's kind of younger and financially unstable and he's older he's got a high salary and um, is also more senior to her in, in the work kind of yeah. environment so, the rest in the kind of workplace, so I think there's something about feeling quite unable able to ask for things that she needs because of that big power imbalance yeah yeah does that ca- capture it yeah i think mm. so yeah. yeah and there's a, a lot going on there mm-hmm. um and i think we we're kind of we're looking at for, there's a bit of uh contradiction in the question i think in the longer question it seems to be a contradiction in terms of it starts off that she's like happily monogamous mm. but then kind of has the feeling of wanting to open it up but thinks that he's not really going to be interested in it at all but then 
is kind of wanting to flirt with other people so there is like a kind of a tension there around monogamy right yeah which a lot of us have I think you know it's like the the tension around you know this being a good relationship but the sexual kind of needs you know being too too expensive for this this particular relationship to contain yeah and so I think if we talk about spectrums here you know spectrums really kind of take the pressure off uh, you know binary choice of like you know are we monogamous or are we polyamorous yeah during relationship panicky and actually even over towards the the monogamous end of the spectrum there are there is the spectrum continues if you kind of yes. dive down if you focus in even further and you're right in the middle of the monogamous spectrum there are lots of different things along you know monogamy means one thing to one person and one thing to another person. absolutely absolutely like lines around you know what kind of friendships you can have lines around where cyber sex figures you know yeah. lines around you know what kind of flirting is acceptable yeah. solo sex etc yeah yeah and what is it okay to do with some people mm. be okay with their partner having sex with other people or something other people some mm-hmm. person wouldn't be okay having an expensive meal out with somebody yeah, else exactly and I, I think you know you, this is why I always try and question that monogamy non-monogamy line because I yeah. feel like some some labelled monogamous relationships are actually more open than some labelled non-monogamous relationships yeah. so um, and some folk with non-monogamy try to keep it like so frustratingly um non-monogamous that it's very difficult for any wiggle room like if yeah like we say in our book that really it's not cool to be saying that somebody can't have solo sex for example yeah monogamous relationship that Mm -hmm. that that people aren't allowed to have their own kind of fantasy world or anything it's kind of not yeah no not Uh, cool but uh pretty much you know there are lots of other things like up for grabs i guess yeah if you really dive down and delve deep into what monogamy actually means for you and like you said at the start what's important here for this conversation i think we can often avoid having these kind of conversations in our relationships because we've got this idea it's all or nothing and if we open up the conversation either the answer is going to be you have to be monogamous and you're trapped now in this situation you're never going to get those sexual needs met yeah or the outcome's going to be oh well you're going to have to be non-monogamous and therefore we have to break up exactly. and like it isn't only those two options no. um and it isn't just a one-off conversation either yeah. it's like it's about opening up that conversation saying hey there's a tension here isn't there mm. like there's always going to be a tension if not several in any relationship there's going exactly. to be tensions around cohabiting there's going to be tensions about finances you know everyone's going to you know tensions around how much somebody puts into their work versus how much the other one wants them to be in a relationship tensions around family or not so whatever relationship you're in there's going to be something if not multiples and it's about having that you know open between you yeah Yeah, we've got this tension and okay we're going to return to this conversation probably several times over the course of this relationship maybe you know every few months or so and we're not looking to resolve it once and for all we're just looking to acknowledge oh there's the tension how are we going to you know, right for the for the moment, how we're gonna work with this tension? Exactly, and it's it's. Um, I'm trying to put this delicately, but you know, if if somebody's saying in the question that they're in a happy monogamous relationship, yet yeah, it's clear in the question that there are all of these tensions. Mm. It's just that those tensions are not being looked at. Yeah, and actually, you're more likely to have a trusting, happier relationship if you acknowledge the uncertainty in the end. I think so. Actually, it will be happier. Tensions. Yeah, happier and more trusting. To have time. that stuff open, but it's it is really hard. I think we just got to acknowledge that because the again, what we always say, it comes back to culture because wider culture has this 
vision that a relationship's only good if it has none of those tensions in it if like you're perfectly matched on sex cohabiting family work you know every aspect of life is fine between you exactly it's never gonna be like it's just not a realistic and also if they were both able to kind of sit in the same room and write down you know uh, what monogamous means to them both Mm. what behaviours would monogamy mean what you know what what is acceptable in a monogamous yeah. relationship and list all of the different things that are acceptable yes they'll both have very very different lists yes and they could come together and say oh it looks like we agree on some things around where we are monogamously but yeah there are tensions around other things however one of the difficulties of thinking in this question is that the power dynamic going on means yes. is much more at stake for her that's so right she's aware of that there are tensions and that, there's mm. some, that she is unfulfilled in in the monogamy that she is currently mm-hmm. she currently believes that they're in but doesn't feel that she can ask because there is a power dynamic which is as we've you know talked about in several podcasts especially towards the end of last year after the me too kind of campaigns yeah. um is that, you know those kind of power dynamics just make things very difficult yeah and the difficulty here is that we're speaking to the wrong person like we want to speaking to the guy saying <laughs> yeah um, acknowledge your power dynamics re- like exactly. how are you going to make things as consensual as possible for this yeah. woman yeah how can you aim for consent yeah um and acknowledge that this is going on so it's. Uh, it looks like we have like a fan of our podcast. Yay! <laughs> who needs to get her partner yeah. into being a fan of the podcast as well? And Ex- then... Except you can't really make people do things with no. hashtag consent. So. No, exactly. <laughs> Shame, really, isn't it? Yeah, just have it on in the kitchen. So hopefully, it gets overheard. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I feel like that the thing for me that really like gives you that sense of relief though is to remember it's not a one-off conversation. Yeah. It's not an all-or-nothing the spectrums of monogamy here where you are at one point in time is not necessarily going to be where you're at at another point in time you can make a you can make a decision between you for like the next month um and if you have a partner who's not really up for doing that with you that's actually something we're going to get onto a bit in the next question yeah um but you know hopefully if if this if he is up for that conversation with you hopefully one of the conversations you can also have is about these power dynamics and how they impact you both um yeah because that's really um uh, that's at the heart of it and in some ways that's the, the first conversation to have I suppose yeah. but uh, it's hard to have that conversation when it's Ugh. a circular thing isn't it it's like yeah so the medical com- the meta communication we were talking about with the first question is like for yeah first thing is to have the conversation about how you're going to have the conversation and yeah. a helpful part of that is to acknowledge what things are in there you know like to have a conversation about like what's it like to talk about sex what is your past experience of talking about sex what's mine um and it may be that there are power dynamics that make it both more easy and more difficult for each person definitely um, yeah and again our uh, we have a product that may help here as well if they can get to the if they yeah. can talk about this our uh, make our make your own relationship <laughs> user guide I think you're thinking of it's a zine available on our website megjohnandjustin.com um, for right, just the cheap price of £2.50 that's right it's um, an absolute bargain what a bargain um, good way to start the new year I think so and it's mm. uh, it's aimed for it's aimed at our listeners it's aimed at people just like this who are struggling yeah. with this kind of stuff and need something to help kickstart a conversation yeah um yeah so I mean if yeah so basically the answer is if the partner is up for this kind of convo then maybe both going away and doing that zine work um, and coming together and having a bit of conversation about how you're going to have the conversation and then at a later date having an initial conversation that really acknowledges that this is on a spectrum that kind of gets out in the open what are your needs what are his needs 
where is the mesh where's the overlap where you'd meet but where are the areas of tension and again keeping that open as an ongoing conversation rather than feeling like you have to resolve it all definitely completely and by, and by doing that by being able to kind of be brave in that way you can see where the tensions are but also when you're examining it that closely you can see where there aren't tensions and where you're completely on the same page and absolutely actually it might surprise you where you are on the same page and where you're not on the same page indeed because when you don't have the conversation what you're often operating from is this like set of assumptions about the other person that you kind of assume must be the case you know because you see them as a normative person perhaps or that's right and that can be a dangerous thing to do because it also objectifies that person exactly it means that you're kind of treating them in a in a way in in a non-consensual way as well because you're not really paying paying attention to what they want so Although we should acknowledge how easy it is to slip into objectifying people in relationships. It's very hard to, to get out of that completely. Real but, talk, MJ. Yeah, well, we, it's what we aim for here at the Meg Challenge Justin podcast. Real, real talk, and we are moving on to the next yes. question. And some of, I think some of the answers to this might be helpful for the other one as well, especially if it turns out the other person's not so much up for that conversation. Yes. And some um, of the answers in the previous one might be relevant here, although... Yeah. You know, there's, there there's is differences. Always differences. I think we're going to have that with a lot of our questions. Yeah. You know, so much of sex advice is actually about structural stuff from power and consent and dynamics. You can never get away from those things, no. and nor should you try because no. that's so important. Again, real talk from my child. Uh, all right, I'm going to try and we've got kind of like notes for these questions that I'm going to try and turn into a lucid sounding question rather than reading the whole question. Go for it. Uh, so another woman who says that our book is amazing thank you yeah, uh, yeah. if you want to start your, your message like that then that will always That's absolutely fine <laughs> work a charm won't it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought your book full price yeah <laughs> <laughs> not in a sale or uh, you know remaindered yeah, yeah not a, is it remaindered yet yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't want to know it's a, I, found, I, found, I found it in a basket oh, in no. front of a shop <laughs> I mean, it was it was a bit scuffed up. And yeah. Clearly, it had been kicked around because nobody wanted to open it. But I bought it and I loved it. Thanks. Yay! Um, so thank you for that. Um, so it's a woman who's been in a relationship for uh, eight years with a man, and they are monogs. And the it's got to the point where the husband is not really feeling sexual at all, having <clears throat> felt sexual in the past. Yeah. And she's feeling very undesirable because of it. And actually, in sounds in the question, she's feeling really undesirable. And that's having a knock-on effect on her mental health. It sounds like yeah, that sounds definitely. quite like a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that what's that bit about sex advice? Yeah, I thought this was really yeah. interesting. Actually, yeah, she said that the, a lot of the sex advice she's read has made her feel worse mm. because it's always assumed that women in heterosexual relationships are the ones who are going to lose the interest. Um, and in fact, that's really fascinating. These both these, convers- these both these questions. It's been the woman uh, in a relationship with a man who's had the higher sex drive. Yeah, uh, which is really important to to point out that it's not always gendered in that stereotypical no. way. And actually, yeah. when I've had similar questions to me at Bish, it's often been women complaining that their boyfriends won't don't want to have sex yeah. or don't want to have the sex that they want so there is like a mm. it's it's a structural thing that you know right men yeah. are supposed to be having sex when they're not really which is hard on sex. everybody yeah exactly. in different ways yeah um so uh and so they're not really feeling like they're getting from 
uh, so they're having like solo sex and and, and uh, looking at erotica and and consuming erotica I guess but they're not really getting those feelings of feeling special or careful that they get from partnered sex mm-hmm. and so it kind of doesn't feel like enough and I was just wondering whether things will ever change and whether he'll change whether he'll become more sexual and yeah. what is it that she can do at this point um, they've tried therapy together which didn't really seem to work and now he's doing some therapy by himself Yeah, she isn't doing any therapy mm-hmm. at the moment so that's kind of like the yeah. question. I really like the fact actually that she, you know, again, I guess from maybe from reading our book that she'd obviously already really thought about what the meanings of sex were for yeah. her. Like saying that it was something that makes her feel special, that makes her feel cared for, that makes her feel intimate with somebody. Um, that's a really good starting point for anyone, isn't it? Just to think, well, what does it mean to you? Exactly. This thing that you're having or not having. Exactly, because then you you open up the possibilities of there being different kinds of things that may give you some of those things as well, but also it Mm. opens up the possibility for the other person of being able to give you those things because that's what they... because they now know that's what you want from it. Yeah. Rather than them making an assumption over what it is. Again, back to these assumptions, we usually assume, okay, this is what our partner wants. This is whatever our partner's relationship is to sex we have our set of assumptions about why they want it or don't want it and actually you know this guy is not into sex we don't know what what it is that that is unappealing about it for him yeah just as for her we don't know what's appealing about you know or she actually does know what's appealing but maybe he doesn't know maybe he he hasn't heard that from so he might be assuming that she wants to get off in this kind of hot horny way but actually it turns out it's more about feeling special and cared for for her yeah um yeah and there's a spectrum here so there's a spectrum also of like sexual desire we should say here that could be Mm. accommodated within a spectrum of different kinds of sex right yes it could be that we can accommodate our different feelings around why it is that we want to have sex and why we do or don't want to have sex and uh and our stuff around that that can be more easily accommodated by looking at sex in this much broader Mm -hmm. kaleidoscope cornucopia of lots yeah. of different kinds of activities so. which we've you know something we've so learnt from asexual people right this sense of a, a, a spectrum and it sounds like for him he's gone down a spectrum from being somewhat sexual to being quite asexual Definitely. Um, but yeah again it would be useful to unpack you know what that is for him I think you know there's something she's asking really in the question is like can people move up and down that spectrum or is it kind of once and for all and the answer is for some people it's once and for all could be this guy's always really been asexual he felt he kind of had to have some sex Mm -hmm. didn't really want it and now he's finally found a place where he can say no I'm asexual and just not do it or it could be that for him it moves around over time and he's he's in a period of not having much sexual attraction but it it may be something that changes again either with her or with other people definitely Mm -hmm. yeah and so even even within that uh, ace folk in in romantic relationships mm. will um, also feel like even if it's not particularly for them that they might they can accommodate their partner in some sexual activities that would feel okay enough for them that would also feel yeah. okay enough for them. Some do and some don't. It's really useful to think about the range of options there. It could yeah. be that you agree, okay, we're in completely different places, we're not going to try and meet each other's desires in this respect, you know, or it could be that he feels fine to give 
some stuff sexually yeah. even though it's not really doing anything for him in terms of a sexual turn on he might enjoy the giving yeah. as some people do or some people come up with a reciprocal arrangements of like mm. well I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give you this you know an orgasm say for example um, if you give me a foot massage later or you yeah. know as long as again as long as people have thought about the power dynamics and yeah. made sure that that feels okay to everyone concerned I think that can be fine and also if people are able to remain present with each other as well isn't yeah. it and so it, if things are consensual enough uh, and people are really paying attention to whether how okay people are feeling about taking part in an activity with each other if you can then remain present throughout all of that and make sure that you're continuing to aim mm. for consent during the activity then you may also end up finding new ways to enjoy a thing or new ways to get the thing that you wanted to get out of the experience so I'm thinking as just an example that um, she was talking about having solo sex and looking at erotica yeah. could it be that he might not necessarily um, might not want to um, uh, like have partner sex with her in a way that he thinks is you know maybe like you know missionary position yeah. and vagina sex but holding her or stroking her or being in the same room while she's doing that might yeah. be an opportunity that could uh, make her feel that more cared for yeah which is one of the things she said that sex gives her yeah, yeah. so there might be an option that actually if if you're able, if you're both able to be in that place um really willingly willingly with each other and could be present to what's actually happening then suddenly all of the pressures around what it is that we should be doing and what mm. sex is supposed to mean for us might start to disappear as you might find yeah. the experience is actually quite enjoyable but mm-hmm. um but you first of all have to find a place of a consensual place and safe space to be able to do that with each other yeah yeah i think again like what we always say is the more like you can put on the table in terms of the menu of options the better yeah. um again it goes back to what we're saying about the other one is like you know whenever it's a kind of this or that like all or nothing that can make us fall back into a corner like we've got no choices whereas if there's like this whole spectrum of things from doing nothing at all ever with each other to the kind doing the kind of thing that they maybe had expected would be happening and everything in between then it's possible to move up and down that spectrum to find different things to try exactly yeah and uh, like with our last question there might be some stuff in here around what monogamy means for these yes for for this couple Mm mm-hmm and if you were both to write down what that actually meant and what it is you'd be happy with then Mm. it would reveal some common ground and some tensions that you might hitherto not have been aware of but also you that might actually be super helpful for yeah well you can find that somebody who's you know really not wanting to have sex you know they might yeah they might feel what you may assume that they would feel jealous if you went and got it somewhere else but they might actually find that as a big relief or it might be a bit of both yeah yeah so you know and and then also of course that can happen in so many different situations it might be you know okay fine with strangers but not with friends or yeah. vice or vice versa yeah. you know so it's about that ongoing conversation really definitely and it seems that they tried some couple therapy and he wasn't really that it wasn't that didn't sound like it was working for him yeah he wasn't really wanting to kind of go there but he is doing the therapy by himself now which might be really useful for him yeah i mean we should again stress that asexual people don't need to do therapy because there's nothing wrong with being asexual um but presumably for for this guy it feels like it is useful to explore some stuff in therapy about his how his level of desire links with hers or doesn't and what that means for him and you know um and yeah we don't really know kind of enough about what's going on uh, with him to speculate it seems that she's kind of assuming that he might be asexual yeah he he is for whatever reason doing therapy yeah 
Um, and, and so yeah, like I guess what we were left with is the sense of maybe that it's the question of whether he is up for these conversations with her or not and yeah. the fact that maybe the couple therapy didn't go so well mm. gives the sense that perhaps he's not and so then it comes back to the question of well, what do we do when we want that conversation with somebody who isn't up for it yeah. and I th- for me I think the answer is the, the best thing you can do is really tune into yourself then is be like okay they're not up for that conversation so I can't make that happen I think, I think she even acknowledges actually in the question that you know trying to make make him have the conversation really didn't work yeah so like focus on you like do your own therapy do your own self-awareness stuff really find out what your needs are Mm. really tune into yourself really like find out where your limits are what are your what are your kind of bottom line these are the things i really need in a relationship so that you know even when a conversation does become possible at least you know completely where you're at and you also feel okay with it you know like you've worked on your own sort of self-esteem stuff enough to feel like it's okay to say i need this i mean it kind of sounds to me like that she's gone beyond some some she's gone beyond some boundary of what it is that she would be willing to give to a relationship it sounds like she's mm. got herself into quite an unhappy place by just wanting to accommodate his knees over her knees at the mm. moment and actually by not reflecting on that maybe you know yeah. she's perhaps got a sense that she's already gone a bit further over some yeah which is something we often do in relationships is the flip side of like objectifying the other person that we were talking about is that you objectify yourself yeah. for the other person try and make yourself into this amenable mm. partner for somebody and that you get that sense of having lost yourself a bit and having you know let go of things that actually you really do need yeah so a bit of kind of yeah like not work on yourself but time with yourself under whatever situation can be really good to get remind you of what you've lost and what your basic kind of needs are in a relationship and it's a reminder that there are lots of different kinds of love yeah and uh that your relationship with yourself is super important but also relationships with other people too yeah this thing about the expectation which we are given culturally that uh, a romantic relationship will give you everything that you need and you find the one and they complete you and <laughs> happy ever after blah 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 and you know that's there might be a bit of sadness there that this is not happening but yeah. actually um, it might also be a super valuable time if you can start to think about your own needs and different kinds of uh relationships and how well that's right so thinking about those needs you've already identified actually of like wanting to feel special wanting to feel cared for Mm -hmm. are the ways other ways in non-sexual friendships that you might get a bit of that you know feeling special feeling cared for which will take the pressure off which is always a good thing yeah you know if you're getting a bit of that met elsewhere then you won't feel quite so pressured of like i need it right now in this relationship and then it will be easier to evaluate this relationship between you and which needs it gives you but which it doesn't because it's Mm. never gonna again just as there's always going to be attentions in relationships there are also always going to be some needs that you might like met there but it's just not going to happen because the other person doesn't have that to offer yeah Mm -hmm. and also to say just i guess on a a final point about the relationship is that there's that it could be it could be that once you've gone kind of gone through this process that this relationship could flourish and could be really great you know plenty of people have um, either uh, asexual or not very sexual romantic relationships mm. um, and there's definitely a, a place where you can kind of figure this out or it might be that it might become more sexual at some point but it's by doing this work and looking at the tensions yeah. that you get to that point and looking at your what your 
not giving to yourself and not what you're not bringing to yourself. I think you're right. I think it's really important to normalise that actually huge numbers of relationships long-term do end up in a place where one or both people aren't sexual and that's completely fine and really, really much yeah. more common than people imagine. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I always say if I'm working with a couple, it's like there's always multiple possible outcomes here. It's like it might be that one person moves towards the other person mm-hmm. and they end up in the same place it might be there's a compromise they move towards each other and end up in the same place it might well be it's just an ongoing tension and mm-hmm. they recognize that it's one of their ongoing tensions and that's fine they'll come back to it over time yeah or it might be that the relationship needs to change or it might be that the relationship needs to end and i think again if you go in with that mindset of like all those things are possible mm-hmm. then again you've not backed yourself into a corner you've got like that okay there are times. many ways this could go yeah yeah, and also all the relationship could just have less weight attached to it. Yeah, you know, just like it really seems to me that that, that she's wanting this one relationship to really yeah to to be fixed, where actually there could be some uncertainty and some. Mm. And the thing about this is that it's not going to change overnight anyway. So yeah. just good practice here would be to count like, can you be investing also in other kinds of relationships too? Whilst this is yeah, you're giving us enough space and time to figure it. To, to figure it out what's also precisely to the to the tensions there and those are the relationships can really scaffold a relationship yeah. that's in trouble I think whenever any of you know, our relationships are, uh, are in a tricky place if we've got a few others that are okay that supports us during that period with that relationship and then inevitably you know six months down the line it will be another relationship that's having a bit of difficulty and those other ones that are now stronger will scaffold that definitely and I also think that you can learn from another kind of relationship to inform what's happening Mm. in another relationship and say you know actually in this this other relationship I am feeling valued and I am feeling like I'm having my needs met and I do feel like Mm -hmm. there are boundaries over here what's different with this one and how yeah what is it I'm doing here that's working so well yeah which is a really nice approach because it's instead of being it's all problem focused it's actually quite solution focused of like okay I really got this Mm. in my relationship with my sister for example yeah how could I maybe use some of the strengths that are in that way of doing things in this romantic relationship yeah Mm -hmm. totally Anyway, we should let everyone know about where we are on social media to end the podcast. Um, And we are on megjohnandjustin.com. That is our website. You can find everything there, including all our other podcasts, our zine and our book. Correct. Um, Uh, We are also at uh, Twitter, at megjohnjustin. Facebook, forward slash megjohnjustin. Soundcloud. Soundcloud.com forward slash Meg John Justin. But you, you can find to... us on your Apple podcast app or any other you app can. you may have. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back, I think, next week. Yeah, hopefully with a few more questions, perhaps. Yeah, that show. Yeah. That program. We'll be <laughs> back next week. Uh, so thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.